Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Stepping Forward Podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Sarah. And we just made it through an intro without laughing. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> Had to do a high five for that right. one. Record broken. Okay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, today we are going to talk a little bit about the logistics of sending kids back and forth between two or more households. Yeah, I know, huh? <laughs> Sometimes there's like grandparents involved too that yeah. sort of share custody or somehow. Or there's and... like multiple bio parents that you're sending different kids to. True. Yep. Yeah. It's a party, huh? It's intense. <laughs> I have to tell you one story before we start, Kay. Okay. There was a girl that I was Facebook friends with. Um, She unfriended me because she thought my wall was a place for negativity and I was just trying to change stuff. <laughs> so that was fun. But anyway, yeah. she and her ex-husband shared a house that the kids stayed in and all the kids stayed there their stuff stayed there and then like the partners would like have different apartments or whatever right but that way the kids didn't have to transition the bird's nest i have no idea okay yeah (laughs) and i think that one's really cool for people who can get along yeah and like who um, can co-parent effectively and be happy together and that would be an optimal thing if at all possible Mm -hmm. to do but so many situations it's not possible at all right in fact if anybody is successfully doing that I would love to hear about it yeah because I know a family that did it for um a short time while all the legal proceedings were happening Uh um and it worked well for that short time however I know like I babysat for them and I, the dad was usually the one that hired me. And I know he at least was like ready to be done with that. I bet. By the time they were done with all the legal proceedings. So yeah. if anyone's doing it successfully, I'd really, I'd love to hear about it. Honestly. I know. I think it's hard because you have to have a certain level of trust in the other person. Yes. And a lot of times divorces do not end even amicably, like let alone being yeah. able to trust the person. So right. there's a lot of fighting. And if you can't trust them. And you're getting divorced, like there's no reason that you're going to think sharing a house would be okay, but it it is easiest on the kids. So true. (laughs) it's just an option to consider. But then like, if you do end up getting remarried, then what do you do? Does your partner move with you every time you move in and out? Do you only see your partner half the time? Mm -hmm. Do you, if you have kids with your new partner, do they move in and out too? Right. And then logistically. Yeah. Yeah. And I think especially knowing how I was when I had just had a baby and for like two years afterwards, (laughs) I would be like, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not picking up all my stuff and going over there. Yeah. This is where all my stuff is. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And I think with that level of trust, this is an issue we see a lot in step parenting groups, which is why we're doing this, Mm -hmm. that, um, you send clothes to one house and they don't come back or, you know, yeah. they send them over in clothes that are five sizes too small or shoes or toys or there's so many issues mm-hmm. that come along with having kids at two different houses. Right. And now that we are at a 50-50 agreement and most of our transitions happen at school, we actually have way fewer issues with this. Good. Because it's harder for the kids, for one, to bring a lot of stuff back and forth. True. Right. But then it's like, well, you they're only having the clothes they're wearing mm-hmm. transfer with them and they have everything they need at both houses. Yeah. Um, so that's been really nice. Yeah. However, it hasn't always been really nice. Mm-hmm. And we still have had some issues where like somehow my younger st- stepdaughter ended up 
I don't know if she was just like taking an extra shirt every time. She <laughs> ended up only having like three shirts here. And I'm oh, like, okay. uh-huh. like, I bought you like 10 at the beginning of the school year. So I know they exist somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Where did they go? Yeah. So, you know, stuff still does happen. Yes. Thankfully, that time her mom was very kind about just sending more shirts back. And that mm-hmm. worked out really well. Um, but we, we've definitely had issues in the past. Yeah. There was a time when I was having the kids pick out outfits for every day they would be at their mom's, right? Because when we had primary and they were just going on the weekends. Right. And putting them in Ziploc bags and labeling them so the kids knew what they had and what was going on. Right. And we would get accused of not sending enough clothes or not sending coats or not sending gloves or hats or scarves. And I would literally put everything in big Ziploc bags and take pictures of them before they got sent Mm -hmm. so that when we got that accusatory email, I could just be like, actually, this is everything that was in their bags. Right. So make sure it please comes back. (laughs) And I've seen people do that before too, where they are to the point that they can't get along and the kids you know, they believe everything that kids are saying about, oh, they didn't send me with this. And they're kids. Like they don't, they're not necessarily lying, although they might be, yeah. but they're kids. It's just not in their brain right at that moment. And so they're not like, oh yes, I can keep track of all the things that mama are sent me with. And right. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just hard for them. So, so hard. sometimes that's a method that works well for people. Yes. And then if you have anything where there are diapers, wipes required or formula uh-huh. or any of that, that throws in a whole other element, right? Yeah. If you have kids that are wetting the bed, I know I would get Ziploc baggies back with peed on clothes. <laughs> Sorry. And I'm like, oh, yeah. 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 That was upsetting. And especially it would happen frequently. Yeah. <laughs> it was almost every time. And I'm like, okay, well. Um, and sometimes they'd have been gone for a week, uh-huh. like there was a holiday, and I'm like, these have been sitting in urine for five days. Yeah. And I think sometimes when that happens, it's like the other parent trying to get you back kind of thing, or yeah. like trying to make things harder for you, which is just petty Betty, but it is, yeah. it's a thing that people do after a divorce or after a separation. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I know sometimes one thing that makes this hard is a financial imbalance between Mm -hmm. households. Mm -hmm. So if one household has more money and less money, the one who has less money maybe is sending them in clothes that are three sizes too small or stained or ripped or torn things. The one that has more money, maybe not a lot of money, but more money gets upset about that because they want to be, um, they want the kids to like be clean and not have clothes that are, you know, soaked in urine for five days and they're doing laundry at their house and stuff like that. So people get pretty heated about this topic. Right. Well, and I know, um, for, for my sister, Ember, uh, the bio mom in her situation had primary custody initially and was not taking care of the kids well, um, and would send them in dirty clothes or whatever. But if we sent them in anything else, we, I will, I was there sometimes, part of but it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I was just a helper. Um, if she sent them in anything remotely nice, it, it never would come back. And right. oftentimes the kids couldn't ever find it again. So uh, typically what she would do is wash whatever they came in and then send them back in those same clothes yeah. clean. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people do have to do that. I've heard that method too. And I think when you're in a high conflict situation and you've sent multiple things over, it's Mm -hmm. helpful to send them back in the same clothes that they came in. Right. I think it's hard on the kids sometimes um, to deal with that conflict between their parents. And so you have to find some option that works well for you. Right. For me, um, I was grateful to have some help from 
uh, my mom and my sisters that when, so in my family, we love thrift stores uh-huh. and when they would see something cute that would fit one of my girls, they would grab it. Mm-hmm. And then that way we had an abundance of clothing, but I didn't necessarily have an attachment to those clothes. Right. Yeah. It wasn't like, Oh, like your grandma gave you this for your birthday or something like yeah. that. Um, and so then we could send them looking nice with things that were comfortable and clean, but it wasn't a huge financial burden. Yeah. So I've had a hard time letting go of this one. And for some reason, you just reminded me of it when you're telling your story. And it's not your fault. <laughs> but we had, um, I bought a necklace or a few necklaces for Kylie. And there were some issues going on at her mom's house with like, her mom didn't believe her about some stuff. And so her mom packed up all of her stuff and put it in a box that um, Kylie's stepdad's mom's house and including those necklaces that we had bought her and Aww. yeah and they're still there today it's been like four or five years and I still like when I think about it I'm like I can't believe they never sent those back and and I don't want to be like hey it's been five years but can you send those necklaces back for Kylie right. you know because it's an awkward situation to be in at that point but for me the takeaway and to help other stepmoms is don't send anything you care about back with the kids yes just say you know what I love you and I know that you love this and that makes me happy and we're going to keep it here for you so we know where it is yeah um for us the phrase we use a lot of the time is oh this lives here at our house yeah right like uh-huh. this one doesn't go anywhere right <laughs> um so and and yeah like definitely if there's something that you have an attachment to don't send it yeah and they weren't expensive necklaces I just like it's the bought them because I thought she'd like them yeah <laughs> exactly I know I get it for sure yeah. It's not always because of money. Right. It's it's sometimes emotions and sentimentality and uh, what those things remind you of. Like, oh, like I got them this outfit. It's just like one I had when I was a kid or, you know, that kind of thing. And it doesn't come back and you get frustrated about it because of the emotions again, like you mentioned. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So one thing is there's been such a push for minimalism lately, Uh right? And this has been a huge struggle because um, Dan and I want to minimize the amount of stuff we have. We want to simplify. Um, I don't think I'll ever be a true minimalist, Uh right? No 10 books. uh, Yeah. (laughs) No tiny houses. Uh No, yeah. (laughs) Um, But I do think it's wise to limit how much stuff you have. Yes. Right. And how much stuff the kids have. Too. Yes. Because life is so much more manageable uh-huh. when you have a reasonable amount of stuff. Yeah. Right. You don't want so little that you can't function or that you're always having to borrow or buy new things. Right. <laughs> um, but you also don't want so much stuff that you can't function. And I know for yeah. me, my depression and anxiety get worse if I feel like my space is unmanageable. Yeah. And I say this as we're sitting in a room where we're <laughs> surrounded by piles and boxes and things because our <laughs> office has become a disaster area. <laughs> there's always like one room that's a catch-all, huh? Yes. That you just put stuff in that room when people come over. <laughs> yes. Or like, there's extra stuff. <laughs> it's like there's there's a door in here. It's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> no, I've so. struggled with that too. Cause like I'd lost 30 pounds in the last year, which mm-hmm. is cool. But I had, awesome. when yeah, I was job. like pulling out all my clothes, I had three or four big garbage bags of clothes, just clothes that I was like, I don't need these anymore. And I still have more and I'm just an accumulator and I love clothes and I love to like retail therapy makes me feel good. And, um, it's not a good thing. So I kind of made myself go through my closet and get rid of a bunch of stuff and 
um, I like it. It's like I can find things and I don't have too much and I don't have yes. stuff that doesn't fit me. And I got rid of some of the stuff from when I was a lot smaller when we first got married too. So mm-hmm. it's been really nice to have that. And then like some places have, you talked about thrift shops, some places have like resale places so you can go and sell your clothes if they're in good enough condition. And right. I like, or your kids clothes or your, their toys or stuff like yeah, that. There are a lot of options. Um, and I, I, too have struggled with that as well because I have like I I actually have three or four boxes in the garage of clothes from when I was thinner. Yes. Right. Uh-huh. Um and I, that's pared down a lot. I used to have a lot more. Uh-huh. But I'm like, hey, I'm only keeping these favorites. Right. right? Uh-huh. Um but having a child and breastfeeding and having the stress of court and everything, my weight has fluctuated quite a bit and it's quite that high right sense. now. Uh-huh. Um and I I'm not ready emotionally to get rid of some of those right. other clothes that fit uh-huh. so beautifully at one time. <laughs> and you're like, I love how I looked and felt in this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and so I do have some empathy for my kids. Yes. But at the same time, like when they outgrow stuff, I'm like, okay, but you're not going to be that small again ever. ever. Uh-huh. <laughs> like it's, it's not possible right. while you're still alive. Right. So uh-huh. let's not, you know, hang on to that too much. Um, but you know, there, there's such a fine line, I think, especially in a step family where things are going back and forth between houses with your kids that, you know, something necessary might not come back. Right. But also you might get unnecessary stuff that comes back to your house that you're like, what do I do with this? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, for example, at one point, uh, my older stepdaughter for her birthday was given all of her mom's sewing supplies. Oh, uh-huh. And those got sent back to our house. Uh-huh. And I was just like, I just had a baby. <laughs> I don't want my stepkids to have tins full of pins. Right. And there they were spilled multiple times of course, and spread throughout kids. the house and, and uh-huh. yeah. Um you know, and and it, there was a lot of fabric and a lot of other stuff and we eventually ended up sending it back to her house, but right. it's like those are the kinds of things communicate first uh-huh definitely <laughs> so um we've also had like a big bucket of those I think it's Pilsa the Ikea beads that you can like put on the little platform and you bake it and it all melts oh, together uh-huh. and then you can peel it off of the okay. platform yeah those have been sent to our house big buckets of them which just get spilled everywhere right. and again make a big mess have a toddler uh-huh. so thanks a lot yeah for that like choke on those that'd be dangerous yeah, yeah. and it, it happens frequently and yeah. it's been an issue so um I think don't be afraid to send stuff back to the other house yeah um or if there's something you know they are like well I don't want it it's okay to throw stuff away sometimes. It really is. Or donate it or yeah. whatever else. Um, you do not have to feel obligated to keep other people's things in your home. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not advocating throwing away things that are meaningful to your stepchildren. I am saying, you know, they don't need 40 McDonald's toys that they got while they were on spring break with their other parent. They don't need. Right. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of stuff they don't need yeah. that they might consider a need. Like you talked about with communication, that's where it help, it's helpful too if you can talk to the other parent and just say, hey, this came over to our house, but we don't have room for it. Would you like it back or would you like us to get rid of it? Yeah. And hopefully they respond in a way that's healthy and appropriate. And right. Never given, but. Um, it's not, yeah. but we have done that a few times, you know, like, does this have value to you? Do you want it uh-huh. back? 
Um, or can we send it on to it, right. its next home, which right. may be at the dump? <laughs> <laughs> I think kids, a lot of times they get attached to stuff because um, their attachments with their parents are disrupted mm-hmm. with the divorce. And so yeah. sometimes they get attached to stuff that their parents have given them and want to kind of have it at both houses because it's like having that parent there with them sort of. And so understanding that and have empathy, having empathy for that with your kids can be uh, a good thing too for them and for you. (laughs) And don't be afraid to revisit it and just say, Hey, this, you said this meant a lot to you. Does it still, would you like to keep it or would you like to get rid of it? And right. So I have a friend who has um, like a large Rubbermaid tote for Uh each child. And, um, clothes, not clothes, toys and uh, keepsakes and all of that go in their tote. Uh And when there's no more room in there, they have to get rid of something to put something else into it. Uh And I'm like, that's a really good system. I have not successfully uh, implemented. implemented. Uh (laughs) The only word I could think of was invoked. (laughs) I was like, that sounds witchy. I know. I haven't successfully implemented that yet, but we have some similar systems that seem to be working pretty well. Um, So that's one option. That's good. For parents, I I think. I think for us, like part of the reason that we started taking vacations was because they were accumulating a lot of stuff. Right. And not to shame them. So I'm not going to say which one it is, but one of my daughters has a... Um, a pile, like a, a monster pile of clothes coming out of her closet and uh-huh. it's just all clothes and um, they don't fit. She doesn't wear them, et cetera. And so at that yeah. point, it's just about having the conversation of like, hey, can I help you with this? Um, can you decide right. what things you'd like to have? And yeah. Well, and I, you know, I get that because I was the youngest kid growing up and all my siblings would just be like, I don't want this anymore. Here you go. Right. So I just had an abundance of clothing all the time and I wasn't wearing all of it. And yeah. Because you can't. I know, no but <laughs> I also could literally go like a month without having to do laundry because that's wild. There was so much just stuff that yeah. was given to me. Yeah. So, um, which meant it was very overwhelming when I did do laundry. Right. And it's kind of your responsibility too, as the youngest to like deal with and go through that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> having them get rid of their stuff. So that makes it hard too on kids. Right. It's kind of tricky. Um, so yeah, I think this does come back in a lot of ways to having boundaries and also being flexible. So uh, some of the solutions we talked about with clothes is um, sending a specific amount of clothes that you're not emotionally attached to Mm -hmm. with them for the weekend. Maybe some less expensive ones. Yeah. Like thrift store stuff, which you would be amazed. You can get some really cute clothes for very cheap. Um, Plus there's like, not to get like political or anything, but there is a whole like, just surplus of clothing in the U.S. And we really should be thrifting a lot of stuff anyway. So um, shoes. Holy crap. (laughs) This has been such an issue for us. Yeah. Can I just tell you? Yes, tell me. It's like, oh, we were living in southern Utah. Their mom was living in northern Utah. And she wanted us to buy them snow boots to send up to her house every weekend. That and she just had them. Like to clarify, there's a differential difference in temperature between southern and northern oh, yeah, Utah, yeah. and there's not usually snow in southern Utah. Yeah. Um, and we're just like, 
No, that's because for one, you can wear sneakers in snow. It's not going to kill you. Mm -hmm. And if they need specialized equipment for something you want to do with them, you need to buy that. Right. Like boundaries. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But then there's also like they go to church with us. They don't go to church with their mom. I'll buy church shoes. Uh And it's like, okay, well, let's get ready and go to church. Well, I don't have my church shoes. Where are they? They're at mom's house. Uh huh. Why are they at your mom's house? I don't know. I forgot them there. You don't go to church with your mom. Like, there's no use for those shoes there. I remember as a kid, though, still like having that emotional attachment to stuff. And I probably, if I had been in that situation, I would have been like, I really like these church shoes and I want to wear them everywhere. Oh my gosh. And it drives me crazy. I know. I can tell. But yes. Like, it's been an issue. Um, or like bio mom would write requesting specific shoes come from our house to her house. And we're just like, okay, we're doing this activity. So you need to send this and this and this and this. And I'm like, oh, this is exhausting, you know, because yeah. it's like, yeah, I want the kids to have what they need, but it's like, just try. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and that's how I felt like as the non-custodial side of things, <laughs> that if we wanted them to have stuff at our house, that was our responsibility. I never, ever felt like their mom should send them in stuff yeah. or with stuff. She could if she wanted to or if the girls wanted to, but it was our responsibility as parents to do that. Right. Um, so yeah, that's with clothes and shoes, I would say don't send stuff that you're emotionally attached uh-huh. to or that you care about. Um, getting and I know it feels like really micromanagey, but like you might have to check their bags before they leave and just make sure there's everything in there that they need so that you're not getting chewed out for not sending underwear or whatever, but also that there's not stuff going over that shouldn't be going. Right. I just <laughs> laughed because we have a student who'll sneak electronics into his bag all the time to yes. bring him to school. Oh. <laughs> like, he loves them, but, um, Kids find a way to do what they want. Yep. And we have that issue with electronics too. And this can be a big issue. That's a big one, especially when you get to like phones and Mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. Phones are huge. Cell phones and tablets. And Mm -hmm. I really don't like BioMom's technology coming to our house for a lot of reasons. Right. Because there's not a lot of trust there. And she's done sneaky things before. Okay. I'm like, I don't want your technology in my house because I don't know what you've loaded on there before you send it right. here. Don't you spy on me? Yeah. <laughs> I read in a step parent group the other day a stepmom who um the bio parent bio mom had loaded an app on there to track where the kid was all the time. Mm-hmm. Um and when she was at their house and she'd call her and be like, why are you here now? Why are you here now? So I totally get that one. Which is like I get having that app for safety reasons. Safety, yeah. But it's like don't be micromanaging what's happening at the other house. Or spying. It's like, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. like you check it if the kid's missing. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, they're not answering <laughs> their phone. Okay. That's a good reason to look. Yeah. Or right. if they didn't tell you they're going out of state for the weekend or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or like if your kid tends to slough school, slough uh-huh. is a Utah word meaning like skip, <laughs> skip. school. Um, that's a good time to use the app. Right. What is she doing at the 7-Eleven? Oh my gosh. I know there's a Maverick right, right next to my school and kids Uh go over there all the time. I'm like, there's just no way to control some of this stuff. Yeah. So it happens with kids and like, um, typical like families that are still together, but yeah, yeah. I think electronics are tricky too, because, um, especially phones, because 
they, some parents don't agree that a kid's old enough to get a phone or they don't like it having it there. And one of my students, his mom, who's non-custodial, got him a phone mm-hmm. and the dad didn't like it or want it there. And so he took it away. And that's hard because if you're sending electronics over to the other house, you don't know what's going to happen. Right. And if they're sending it to your house, they, if something does happen, they could accuse you of it or try to get you to pay for it or stuff like that. So yeah. it gets a little bit tricky to figure out what you want to do and how you want to approach it. Right. Um, and I would say that it's okay to have boundaries in your house yep. regarding electronics, especially for sure. <laughs> um, and we have a little center in our um, kitchen where we have a charging station for electronics and things. And that's where they live unless you have permission to use them. And um, that includes phones at bedtime. I love that. So at night, all electronics are out of the bedroom. They, you know, we really have those boundaries because otherwise they'll be texting yes. all night. Uh-huh. And that's an issue. That's the best plan. Can I just say something for a second about that? Yeah. <laughs> like the okay, when we went we're taking Haley to the doctor a lot, her pediatrician, um, her gastroenterologist said the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends that kids be off technology by 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. to allow their brains time to calm down. And I love that having some place where it goes to charge and where it stays and kids can't get into it because students like at my school all night, they're like, we're, I'm so tired. I was up texting all night or yeah. I got a message or Kylie who was all struggling emotionally would be like, my friend texted me tonight because they were feeling suicidal. And I'm like, Kylie, like, come wake us up. Get us like, we can help with that. You don't need to be responding to these messages 24 seven. Right. And smartphones actually cause a lot of anxiety for kids. And mm-hmm. we've seen anxiety go up in the last 10 years because of those. So if you can hold off getting your kids those or set boundaries around them, like they Mm -hmm. can be on them at certain times for a certain amount of time. And then the rest of the time they have to be doing other stuff like playing or even watching TV together as a family or a movie or just doing something different that's not on a phone. It's so healthy for kids. Right. And there are a lot of apps too that can help limit that, you know, like I, I have an app that will just like shut down all the technology after a certain amount of time of uh-huh. use. And um, honestly, I need to apply it to myself more because I'm <laughs> one of the biggest culprits in our household. But Me too. It, it can definitely be tricky. Yeah. And so in terms of sending it back and forth between houses, it's best as always if you can agree with the other parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can't figure out what boundaries you want to set around it. So I know some um, custody orders say things like, The kids can call whenever they want, but maybe just saying like, not whenever they want, not talking for, you know, two hours a day to their mom when they're at their dad's house or vice versa. Right. Um, Setting a time up for them to call can be a really healthy boundary. That way, what you're doing isn't getting interrupted. Yeah. And I completely agree with that, especially because a lot of kids, if they have any sort of discipline or anything, will be like, well, I want to call mom or call dad and try to... (laughs) Use that to manipulate the situation, yeah. which I is I just really unhealthy. miss my mom. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> so I think because every situation is different, these things can be tricky. But I think taking a step back and really looking at your situation, setting boundaries for your situation and your preferences and doing that with your partner and having your partner set those boundaries with yes. their biological children. Yep. You set them with your biological children. Um as far as toys, I really think toys don't need to go back and forth between houses. Yeah. They have I stuff mean, at both places. Yeah, they should have stuff at both places. Yeah. I know sometimes there's like that one stuffy or one blanket yes. that uh-huh. matters a lot and 
you can definitely be more flexible with that because kids need some of that security and stability. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's a lot to consider with those logistics. There are. And so it's just a matter of deciding what works best for your family, like you talked about, and then right. setting boundaries around what you do and don't want. Right. And I know as far as transferring the kids, for us, having the transfers happen at school has been great. Like mm-hmm. we drop off in the morning, she picks up in the afternoon or vice versa. Um, that reduces a lot of conflict. But if that's not possible, it's wise, I think, to have a set standard, especially like if you can get it into your order of something like the the parents starting their parent time is the one that picks up or that kind of thing. Right. That makes sense. All right. Okay, friends, thanks for listening. We appreciate your listening and support. Hopefully this is helpful. If you like this episode, feel free to screenshot it on whatever platform you're listening on. Tag us in it on Instagram or Facebook. We are at Step Forward Show on Instagram and Twitter, Stepping Forward Podcast on Facebook, both the group and the page. And if you want to email us, our email address is steppingforwardpodcast at gmail.com. Yes. And if you have a situation where either you're struggling to figure out the logistics of something or you have figured out a clever solution that's working for you, please send that to us. We love to hear these different things and, um, you know, maybe we could share it on the show even and give other people ideas and support for the situation they're in. Yeah. I love that. And then don't forget to review us if you like the podcast and just let us know what you think. All right. Yeah, that would be great. That's one of the best things you can do for us, actually. Yeah, and we can <laughs> so. help more step parents and reach more step parents that yes. way. So thanks for joining us. And in the meantime, keep on stepping. Only want love in this heart. Don't know it all, but it's a start. No room for hate.